Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you with holes in your socks. A city slick as there was no water what spots. So we did to the corner, Mr. Walker. Welcome, 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 all my do-gatters, future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in. Welcome to this week's episode of Dad Hard with a Podcast. This is episode 21. I am your host, Mo Green, and it is week 27 for me of dadding hard. That means I am past that six-month threshold for all you math students out there. 26 weeks means that uh, they're six months old because there's 52 weeks in a year. So 52 weeks would be a year. And, you know, anyway, you get the whole picture. So, you know, I'm trying to get into, like, the daycare mentality and trying to, you know, think about what my daughter could possibly be learning in the future as she goes into kind of the school process. We'll get into that in a second. But, Thank you very much. Uh, If you tuned in earlier today, you already, yes, I said earlier today, because that means you already listened to the bonus episode that I dropped this week. So if you heard that, I'm going to repeat myself. If you didn't hear that uh, yet, then I am going to give you brand new information. I thank you very, very, very much for rocking with us um, and with the pod and tuning in still, uh, even in the two-week hiatus. We didn't stop. We just had to take a little break. Um, and uh, as we'll go on into the uh, the guest segment of this week's episode, um, I had a uh, severe loss in my family this week, Uh Last week, I guess, um, uh, my uncle, Gary Dennis Jackson, rest in peace. From here on out, every episode will be dedicated to you. Um, We lost him this week to uh, frontal temporal degeneration, uh, which is kind of a degenerative brain disease uh, that he's been fighting for the better half of the last three years. Um, And right after I went to go see him, Super Bowl weekend, Two days later, he was gone. Um, so uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks, So, but we're still here. His memory is alive and well. And like I said, that really comes through in the guest segment. Um, uh, it's But so again, I thank you all for rocking with me and continuing to rock with the podcast, uh, even in the lapse in time since our last episode. But that is why I dropped two episodes this week. I gave you two episodes to make up for what we did last week. I might even give you two episodes next week because we have the first annual Dad Hard Awards. Those, that episode, uh, that bonus episode dropped earlier today. Um, as I come to you on a Tuesday, uh, as usual, that dropped this morning. This is coming out t- Tuesday night. Um, so you get a double dip. We're going back to back like it's a Drake and Meek Mill beef, but it is not. It is just Dad Hard with a podcast. Um, like I said, this is episode 21. 
this is week 27 of dadding, um, you know, and uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, not just because uh, of having to deal with loss while being a parent. Um, and that's hopefully something I'll get into a little bit deeper in one of the guest segments uh, going forward, because it is definitely a topic that is important to touch on for new and existing dads and parents in general, because um, it's very, it proved to be very, very, very tough to cope with the loss of such a close family member while also having to be uppity and and excitable and happy uh, when around my daughter. However, what you find is that being around your child makes you uppity and excited and happy even in the wake of such a severe loss. Um, So, you know, I'm going to pose this out there. Uh, If there are any dads out there that are listening that are interested in coming on and being my, uh, being a guest on the show to talk about the loss of family members while, you know, adjusting to daddom or fatherhood uh, or parenting, um, or, you know, you know, anybody that might be a good connection to make, please shoot it my way. Let's connect on a fatherhood, brotherhood, dadhardpod at gmail.com. You can DM me, DadHardPod, on uh, Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, right now we do have the first annual Dad Heart Awards rolling. The nominees will be rolling all week. You can vote on them. You can vote on them on IG. You can vote on them on Facebook. You can vote on them by emailing. Uh, And, you know, I definitely want to get feedback for new and different awards because we're going to be giving these out every year. And yes, I say every year because we are going to continue rocking until the year 2021, 2022, 2025. Damn, I feel like LeBron, not four, not five, not six. Anyway, let's get into the let's get into the episode because um, I really want this 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 episode to be about the guest segment uh, or majority majoritively about the guest segment. I don't even know if that's a word, but fuck it. Um, because I, uh, I sat down with a long-term buddy of mine, my former producer, um, uh, to talk about my, my uncle for a little bit. And we did a little bit of a tribute to my uncle in the beginning and then talked about his fears and excitement and anxiety as he's about to be a dad in the next 16 weeks. Um, so, uh, that's a really cool, uh, uh it's a really cool guest segment. Uh, the, the guy is, is amazing. One of the most talented music minds I've ever had the pleasure to be around, but Let's leave that for the guest segment right now. Uh, a lot's happened since we last spoke, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, uh, a lot has happened. My daughter is currently in daycare. She started there last week. And because I was with my uncle, I actually missed her first day. So that made that made last week even rougher because, you know, I'm dealing with this whole thing with my uncle. But then... And my wife is trying to be there for me and, and be as supportive as possible because she knows how close we were, uh, you know, and I was away that entire weekend and all d- out there to see him before he before he died. And then, um, you know, right away she's going into daycare and then we're dealing with that and and, you know, worrying is, is she the same baby is is she happy? Does she like it? Are they treating her well? You know, and that's the crazy thing about the first time putting your daughter in 
the care of somebody else. And I'm not talking about somebody else you go out for a night or you have a babysitter for a few hours or something like that. I'm talking about you hand your daughter over to somebody else to be fully and 100% responsible for them for a full day, you know, and then every day for a full day, right? My daughter's there eight and a half hours a day, you know, um, full time, 8.30 to 5.30 every single day. She is there. So uh, that was a really, really, really crazy and difficult thing to deal with. You know, when I dropped her off the first time, um, I cried because I was like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Like, what am I going to do? Number one, now I don't get to see her all day. Like, this is the worst thing ever. But number two, like, I'm now trusting somebody else to take care of her and take care of her and give her the love in the same way that my wife and I would. You know what I mean? Like, are they going to hug her enough? Are they going to pick her up when she's crying? Are they going to, you know, rub her back? And do they know how to how to uh, soothe her in the way that that, that we do? And does, do they know their favorite books? Are they going to read to her? Are they going to actually play with her? You know what I mean? She's only six months. She can't really do anything. You know, most of the other kids in the daycare are like one, two years old. You know, they're running around. They can walk. Up, they might be able to talk a little bit, interact a little bit more. My daughter's six months old. You know, she's just sitting there. She's so much smaller than everybody. You know, it was all these emotions that you were going through um, in trusting care of your child over to somebody else. Um, it, it was really, really, really nuts. Um, now, this week has been a little bit better. It's been two days, but, you know, it's it's been a little bit better. She seems more comfortable now. She seems happy. She's smiling. And I will tell you, the best thing about leaving her at daycare all day is seeing her when we pick her up because she just has the biggest smile, excited. She's throwing her arms out to just want to jump into our arms and hug us. And, you know, um, it is... That's really awesome and that's really cool and I love that aspect of it and that kind of makes it worth it seeing that smile and then, you know, also maximizing the amount of time that you get to spend with her um, because, you know, it's so few and far between now. It's a couple hours a day, you know what I mean? So, um, and now my wife has been dealing with this for a couple months now, so she's kind of a savvy veteran. Me, I was the primary caretaker. I was with her every day for the last, you know, six months, basically, until we started sending her to daycare. So for me, this was a first time thing. And the range of emotions that I was just going through last week was crazy. Um, and not just because of the loss, you know, because of, of bringing her to daycare um, and this anxiety that you have of entrusting somebody else with the responsibility of your child. Um, on top of that, and what kind of compounded that those all those feelings and that like waviness and, and all that anxiety is the fact that maybe four days, maybe five days tops before we put her in daycare full time, um, she started crawling. So now it's like they have so many kids there. Are they going to be able to watch her? She's moving around. She's darting all over. And when I say she's crawling, I'm talking about like she's not full fledged like hands and knees on all fours crawling. But this girl is slapping the floor like she's in a hardcore, intense defensive stance. Dads who play basketball, you know what I'm talking about. She's slapping the floor like she's in a defensive stance, and like she's with a purpose. Like she's like she's guarding the ball, and she's like, nah, ha, slap. You're not going anywhere. And then she's just 
pulling herself like I want to say it's army crawl style, style, but it's not even. It's like reach, pull on the floor, reach, pull on the floor, reach, pull on the floor. And she goes so fast, like all over the place. It is crazy. And the wildest thing is that I've been trying to get her to crawl at Jimboree class every week for the last maybe four or five weeks. And she wouldn't do it. She just didn't understand it. All of a sudden, out of the clear blue sky, I literally was in a Jimboree class on a Thursday. And that Friday afternoon, I left her with my in-laws to go and run a couple of errands and do do a couple of things uh, before I had to leave for LA. And while I'm out, my wife and I get a group video message from my father-in-law of her crawling across their floor. Literally, the day after she was at Jimboree and refused to crawl, like she didn't know how to do it, she's all of a sudden out of the clear blue sky crawling like a freaking pro. And now it's all she wants to do. So, you know, those two things kind of, and that's stressful enough, right? Before I get into the two things, that's stressful enough, right? Is now she's moving. So now we have to worry about baby proofing everything and her banging her head on our coffee table and against chairs and all this stuff. And now you compile that with the fact that we're now putting her in daycare full time. You know, we can't, don't even have time to wrap our minds around one thing. And all of a sudden now we got to do two at the same time. But you know what? That is parenting. And and to be a good parent is to learn how to accomplish and achieve and tackle those types of situations because you're going to have multiple things thrown at you all at the same time. And as a parent, you just have to do it. You have to be successful. You have to achieve. You have to just figure out a way and a good way, an effective way, an efficient way so that you can figure out everything else, right? So uh, that's parenting and uh, like at its at its crux, at its deepest core, that is what parenting is. That's what I've learned. Um, and that's this week. That is this week. That's the last couple of weeks. I really put it in a, in a very small container for you guys, but that's what it's been. That's what the last two weeks have been. It's been these range of, of you know, daycare and the range of emotions you feel in trusting your other, your kid with somebody else, dealing with crawling, and then figuring out how to cope with loss while you're you have to also be a parent. Um, so it's been a very tough week. That said. I want to, once again, dedicate this episode and every episode from here forward to my uncle, Gary Dennis Jackson. I love you more than most things in this world. Uh, I always will. I always have. You've been like a second father to me um, and uh, and a first father at times, you know what I mean? Uh, to, to be 100% honest. Um, and uh, I'm going to miss you a lot. Man. I'm going to miss you a, a whole hell of a lot, uh, but uh, I hope that uh, I can make you proud every day. So, um, and uh, my biggest regret in life so far, and you know, I don't really have regrets. So one of my only regrets is that you were unable to uh, to meet my, my, my daughter because I know she would have loved you. You would have loved her. Um, 
and everything like that. And in your honor, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what I will be doing on a dad hard Facebook page is I will be setting up a donation uh, situation to the Association for Frontotemporal Degeneration. That is the disease that took my uncle's life. Um, so, you know, if you have if you have the desire, if you like rocking with the show um, and uh, and you want to really help people, the disease is fucking terrible. I will, I'll post some, some information about the disease on there. So if you want to read up and, and, and take a look at what's going on, um, it's really terrible. It's really harsh. Um, and uh, there is no coming back from it once you have it. So uh, it's very similar along the lines to ALS, along the lines of CTE. Um, it, it's a really harsh disease. And uh, my uncle didn't deserve it. He was too good of a person. So um, I uh, want to do my part to, to try to help any other person person that doesn't deserve it, um, not have to go through it. And, uh, I'm going to be setting up, making donation myself and setting up uh, a Facebook donation campaign, uh, to, to, to raise money for research for the disease. So, you know, do me a solid, do the pot a solid, do my uncle a solid, um, do all future people that could be suffering from this disease a solid and, uh, and make a little donation, whatever you have to give, we'll appreciate it. Um, and that's all for now. Uh, you know, we're going to run into the music break and uh, I'm coming back up with my main man and former music producer, Ruanga Samath, who actually produced the music uh, to the song that you were about to hear in a music break. It was also my uncle's favorite song that we did together uh, because he did introduce us. So, um, Gary, I love you, man. Uh, we'll be right back after the music break. I'll catch you on the other side. Come and take a ride with me We can smoke the Mary Jane You don't need to that pain away So come get lost in the ace Come and take a ride with me We can smoke the Mary Jane You don't need to take that pain away So come get lost in the ace We tinder, we tinder, we tinder We tinder Your waves. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Remember the sandbox, little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap, and Doc was more like Benny the Jet, no handy but yet. Pops tell us to drink up. Like this will put some hair in your chest That was before we knew how to stare at some breasts But when you caught your first bad pair, that was the best And we are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show um, The episode is dedicated to uh, the memoriam of uh, Or in memoriam of my late uncle, Gary Dennis Jackson Uh 
man, I know you're looking down and I miss you every day. And uh, I actually made a last minute swerve with our guest segment this week. And I kind of uh, jump started uh, getting this guy on the on the pod because we actually met through my uncle, uh, through my uncle and through music. Um, and, uh, and we've been really close ever since. I remember when I was in college, I was flying out to, to his crib almost every other weekend or every month, uh, to record music together. He is a phenomenally talented music producer, uh, a phenomenally talented musician in general, a a fantastic music mind. The guy, creates and puts together sounds musically that I have heard very few times and far between them. Um, So with no further ado, I would like to welcome my guest who is an expecting father. So our uh, second expecting dad on the show, Mr. Ruwanga Samath. Man, how are you doing, brother? What's up, brother? Great intro, man. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a uh, it's been a tough week. Yes. You know, we both lost somebody close to us. Yes. Um, but, you know, I think uh, I think he'll be happy that at least we're doing this together. You know, in, in his memory. Yeah, man. And that's what I, that's what I told you when I when I hit you up to 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 do this. You know, um, because I was you know I, I had another plan for for the guest this week, but we're gonna push mm-hmm. that to to next week or the week after. And I, I thought it was really important that I, because I was so close to to my uncle and you were so close to my uncle, I really wanted to take an episode this week to to kind of dedicate to him uh because he was such a major role in my life and you know I know you you like you posted on Facebook and we'll talk about it a little bit but he was the first person to ever believe in me when it came to music or entertainment or anything like that you know what I mean it was like my mom and him you know so and I know he was the same for you and and he connected us and he was just a very very fucking sweet and special person so um I wanted to dedicate this week to him and uh what better way to do that than to to get you on man you was uh I know he he kind of found you i guess in in this I mean, industry I, I wouldn't be here without gary i mean that's yeah. just that's just what it is you know i met him when i was 17 and dude he just took me around town introduced me to everybody and you know now i, I just wouldn't be here i wouldn't be able to make a living i don't know if i'll be able to make a living off of like doing music full-time if it was gary jackson so for sure um, uh, you know yeah Man, and and that's why that's why I wanted to I wanted to have you on, man. Uh, talk about him a little bit, um, you know. So in talking about him a little bit, right? I want to talk a little bit about about your background because you come from a very interesting background when it comes to being involved in music and and trying to break in. And you know, obviously, you're supremely talented. You know, I've known that since we were both little kids. You know, basically, or like you know, young teenagers almost. Uh, but you come from Sri Lanka, right? And you came over to America with this dream to make music. How did that how did that materialize? How did you get into it? Um let's talk a little bit about that because it's so uh, your story is always so interesting to me. I moved here when I was 12, about 10, 13, and you know my mom was a musician in, in my home country. She was a bit of a star over there and my dad's into IT. Anyways, I fell in. I mean, I fell in love with the process of making music. I would say in high school, probably like a sophomore, and that's all I wanted to do. Man, I even skipped my uh, prom to stay home and make beats. Yeah. 
Wow. So that's all I really want to do my entire life. But, you know, like like anybody, like you, you need to know people. You need to have connections. You need, there's no, you know, you can make music all day long, but if nobody, if you don't know the right people, you really can't make a living out of it. You, know, you really can't make an income. And that's where Gary came in. I met him, you know, when he was a teacher at UCLA. And from the from the jump, man, we just clicked. And he was, you know, he he believed in me. He took me around town, introduced me to people. Still, this is one dude in particular. Um, we end up we end up working on I think thirty five plus movies together. Wow. And that's something Gary just in passing introduced me. He took me to his office, and they didn't really even know each other like that. But he still, you know, Gary, you know, still reached out to him and like introduced me at a. I think I was like 18 or 19 years old. So, yeah, man, if it was for him, I, if it was for your uncle, Gary, it's, it's I'm I'm having a hard time talking about him getting choked up because he's, he, I, I always consider him like, you know, like my music industry dad. He, he, he was that close to me. And yeah, man, if it was for him, I don't know if I'd be able to, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. Anyway, yeah. so he introduced me to a bunch of people then. He, you know, the first thing he got me was actually like a Beyonce remix when I was when I was younger. I remember this. I remember this. Yeah, man. Ring the alarm. It was the Ring the Alarm remix. Yeah, man. It was Ring the Alarm remix. <laughs> he got me, and I was able to like parlay that into other plays. And uh, yeah, man, what what a what a good, nice first check to make, you yeah. know, with the, with the Beyonce name attached to it. So. That was all your uncle's doing, man. He knew this guy named Max Goose who used to run, uh, used to A and R for like Beyonce, and really he 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 made the push and he made it happen, man. And he was he was right there. Yeah, man. He always he always fucking believed in you so much, man. I remember when he first called me because I was you know I was in college and I was rapping, you know, and trying to get this this music career right. off the ground and rapping as well. And he was like, um, uh. uh he he called me one time and I was like I was probably stoned out of my mind like and he's like yo he's like Mo I gotta tell you about this Sri Lanka kid I met in music class this kid everybody's bringing their demos and this kid brought the I was blown away and then I know he you guys started working together he was writing songs with you um and stuff like that and 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 Dude, trying to- he's, 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 a, he's a quick funny story um so. I went to his, I walked into his class and I'm, as you know, I'm Sri Lankan and so I'm just this little, little kid and the class is filled with these black dudes making beats. I mean, they just have huge personalities. So I did not want to get lost in the shuffle, right? Yeah. So I was just like, fuck man, I gotta make, a, I gotta make some sort of like an impact. So everybody was introducing themselves and I walked to the front of the class and I told everybody I'm the best producer here. <laughs> he told me this story. He told me this story. I, yeah. I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta stand out. So I literally, everybody was in their desk. I walked straight to the class, stood next to Gary and I looked at the entire class and I said, I'm the best producer here. And everybody was getting riled up and I'm like, yo, if you want to put your beats against mine, I will do it any day. And Gary was there and he, he saw him, you know, and, and I kind of took over the class. And halfway through the class, he actually upgraded me to his TA, teacher's assistant. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, so I was able to, like, go hang out with him afterwards, you know, at least, like, print papers. And we used to go have um, El Pollo Loco with all the, oh, the all the guests he had. And some of those guests, man, like Mike Karen, for example, he's, like, the head of Warner now, you know. So just, like, some of his guests just went on to, like, become big ballers in the music industry but i was sure. able to meet with them at a, at a um el pollo local with gary because he upgraded me to a ta so it's been man i have so many gary stories man it's crazy 
I know, man. It, it's uh, uh, he was he was just the best, and that's what he that's what he always did, right? He always wanted to make the connections for everybody. He always wanted to try and do the best that he could for other people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for you, for me, for you know everybody. I remember the first time you and I met. It was when right. Gary drove me out to your parents' place in Laverne, right? Laverne, <laughs> California. It was like forty minutes away from Gary and whatever. And I'm driving. I'm like, okay, I gotta see what this what this whole thing is all about. And we get to the studio, and before we even go in and like go make music, you're like, I don't remember if we went to the Thai spot. Or oh, your we parents were cooking bro. dinner, or your parents were cooking something. But one of the two, it was so fucking spicy. Gary was crying hysterically because <laughs> he was sweating his bald head. He's this Magic Johnson bald head, uh, just just crying in sweat, pouring down. And then I was just like, I remember I was like, I was like, this is, what is Gary doing? This is going to be a joke. I'm in this kid's parent house. And then you played me the the beat for street code you remember street code oh, I do. I remember that. oh my god that was fire but then i remember and we recorded the song right there and then and mm. gary was like yo this is magic you know like he was he was so happy that the two of us linked up we vibed so immediately both musically oh, yeah. personally everything talking basketball talking lakers talking Dwayne wade to the whole nine um and he was right there in the conversation he just loved to be able to connect people and use his resources to try to make anybody in his path successful, or at least you know put them in the position to do that. Of course, um, you he know, was the best. Man. He, the best. He's, he's amazing. The best. He really was. Um, and I always, I, I, when I was out that uh, Super Bowl weekend, uh, I, I talked to Judith. I asked her. I was like, his my my aunt, his wife, and I said, I said, yo you guys would have been like the best parents to have kids. And she's like, what do we need kids for? We had you. And Gary always looked at Rue as a second kid. And, uh-huh. you know, and, and that was really the truth. They would have, uh, they, they really treated both of us like, like kids, Gary, especially, especially, uh, he just had so much love to give man. It was, uh, he's an incredible it's- fucking dude. Man, I, I love Gary, bro. Yeah, man. Well, Gary, man, we this is this is from Mo and Rue. Uh, we we love you, man. You uh, we're gonna love you. We miss you. Uh, you're always gonna be in our thoughts, and and thank you for doing everything for the two of us that that you've been able to do. Um, and uh, Aunt Jude, if you're listening. You you picked yourself a good one, so you did good good work, and you know that we're we're always here for you if you if you need it, um, and all that. But uh, but Rude, let's jump into the real reason why I wanted to get you on the show because when I hit you up to let you know that when I got back from L.A. seeing Gary, um, and I let you know that it was going really bad or whatever, you informed me that. You are on the verge of being a father also to a baby girl. It is, yes. In, you know, it's only like 16 weeks away, man. Crazy. Yo, those 16 weeks, they go real freaking fast. Let me tell you, bro. These last, like those last three months mm-hmm. of pregnancy goes at light speed. At light speed. Um, but with that said, man, how are, how are you feeling about that? What are you... Uh, well, you, you know what your thoughts, feelings? Are you scared? Are you nervous? Excited? Anxious? All yeah, of the man, above? 
I think all, yeah, all the above. But when I first, um, you know, it's, it's definitely been a journey, at, at least on my end as well. I know, I know, my my wife, she's dealing with everything. You know, she's crazy thing, man. She she's she's a gymnast. She walks around with ninety pounds. Jesus, you know, and she could do flips. I mean, she was like the most fit person I know, and she's basically a circle now. Yeah, that's what you know, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, she's a circle with eyelashes, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, she's like an emoji. <laughs> that's what she is. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like. So. I know she's dealing with a lot, but as a, on my end, man, um, it was a, it was crazy, bro. Like, for, so here's the thing: it's a little, little backstory too. She was pregnant earlier this summer and uh, last summer, and uh, so she told me she was pregnant. And before I even got to say, tell anybody, like my parents, even mm-hmm. she had a miscarriage. We had the same um, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know it was. You know, what I mean, like n- nobody told me. It's kind of common. Like l- yeah. a lot of people, I tell you tell them to and a lot of people tell me that oh this happened to blah 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 yeah but at the moment i had no idea you know so she didn't know either so we took it really hard especially her so she was like really mentally down for like six weeks so this time when i found out she was pregnant i i was more afraid of that than anything of course absolutely absolutely yes so i I just want to be be next to her just to make sure everything's cool and um yeah so at first it was very lot of like nervous energy and then I was able to reach out to a couple of like dad friends I know. They were able to calm me down a little bit. But now, man, I'm up at a point. I'm kind of excited now, you know. I'm yeah. almost like want the baby to come here already. Yeah. I, so, so uh, there. So let me go to the miscarriage thing first, yeah. uh, if you don't mind talking about sure. that first for a few minutes, because we went through the same process. So, like, I, or mm-hmm. the same happening. Like, so we know. Like, I know exactly how you guys are feeling. Like, how you felt and what you, right. what you went through and stuff. And what I want to say about that is there are two things, right, when it comes to pregnancy mm-hmm. that I've found throughout this entire process of pre dad and then into dad dumb. Um, you know, there are two things that I found that happen all the time and nobody speaks about so when it happens to you it makes you feel fucking horrible about yourself and completely inadequate and one of those is the difficulties of breastfeeding so just as an fyi to you like if she plans on breastfeeding and stuff like that like and she's having a tough time let her know that that also is 100% normal. If you want, she can connect with my wife. My wife went through all of it because it is not, it is one of the most difficult things ever that nobody ever tells you about. Everybody makes it seem like it's so natural and glorious and easy. And if it is that, then yes, it is glorious and fantastic. But if it's not easy, like, and 90% of the people that I've spoken to, both on this show and, and, and otherwise, they've had some sort of issue with breastfeeding. So that's a, a future FYI for you. If that happens and it's difficult, let her know that that's, that that's completely normal um, and she shouldn't get down on herself and you shouldn't get down on yourself either. Uh, and number two is miscarriages. You, they're the most difficult thing to go through as a prospective parent and mm-hmm. nobody tells you that 30% or more than 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriages that's within the first that's 12 that's weeks of, of pregnancy. They end there are more than 30%. I think it's like 31 or 32%, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, 
And and it's so disheartening. Like when that happens, you think, and both of you are thinking separately. Um, it must have been my fault. What did I do? Did I eat? Did I drink? Did you know what? Right. And it's my doc. You know, it's such a mind fuck. You know. Um, so I, I I'm sorry that that happened to you, man. I know how difficult that that All is right, to we, go we, through. It, it kind of ruined my like my both of our summers because we had you know like 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 you said thirty one. If I had known that fact alone. It'd have been so much easier. Yeah. But we had no idea, man. We were like, oh, can she ever get pregnant? Like, yeah. is this going to happen? Yeah. Like, you know, it was just so many thoughts going through our head, and she was just, t- she took it really hard on herself, man. And yeah. that was, that was, that was heartbreaking to watch. Of course. And be a part. Of course, seeing that they, because they feel so, like, the, the woman feels so terrible about herself. She right. thinks it's her fault. You know what I mean? Right. And she's doing something wrong. And as like a partner, you know, whether you're a husband or you're just a partner, it's so terrible to watch the person that you love go through this right. insane amount of pain um, that you can't do anything about. Right. And you're also going through that pain. But like, of course, you can't talk. You can't get into the pain that you're going through because it's. 50, 100 million times worse for them because it's their bodies. They have to get it removed and go through the, the, the process. It's it's terrible. But So like I said, I, I'm sorry that that, that that happened. I know that's a, such a difficult thing to go through. Um, but you know, but it's fantastic that you guys got pregnant again and it seems pretty quick. Yeah, no, it was, it happened. Uh, it was a quick turnaround. And this time, you know, like I said, I couldn't really get excited, you know, at first because sure. I was, you know, walk, I was really nervous. And once we, you know, once we start going to the doctor and once we start settling in, you know, the first time I heard my, the heartbeat, man, that, 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 that was crazy, man. How, I, I you know, how I shed insane I, I was like, is that this. moment? How insane is that moment when you hear the heartbeat for the first time? Oh, that's when it becomes real. You know, yeah. you, you, you could conceptualize a baby, but when you hear the heartbeat, it becomes, it becomes real. Yeah. It's so that that was my next question for you. Is that when it became so? I, I I've talked about a couple times on this show. Is that um I it became real that I was having a baby, or me and my wife were having a baby, um or I guess my wife was having the baby and I was going to be a dad. <laughs> it became real the moment that I came home with the stroller. Like that was my oh shit, I'm about to be a dad and I'm about to have a kid and this is fucking nuts. That was, has, have you had that, this is like, oh shit, this is real moment yet? Did that happen oh, yeah, when you, you heard the man, heartbeat? It was the, it was the heartbeat, I would wow. say, you know, that, wow. that changed everything. And also like, it's, it's been, um, it's been, you know, as you know, because you started this podcast, there's not enough information for Absolutely. dads, you know, there's all the information that kind of, you know, geared towards, you know, women, what they go through. I mean, understandably, but like, we don't really have it, so when I do talk to dads, they kind of light up, too, because it's, a, it's an opportunity for them to share as well. Yeah. All the things they go through, because it seems like they don't really have a platform to share how they feel either. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so it, it was good that I found this, um, I found, like, a couple of, like, friends of mine that, that, that are dads. Awesome. And, you know, talking to them helped, but soon as that, they all told me, like, wait till you hear the heartbeat, and yeah. I did hear the heartbeat, and... I mean, I was tearing up. That's when it became real. But you know, now looking at her through like ultrasound and everything, it's it's a crazy. I still, can't, I mean, I still don't know, man. It's still crazy because my, you know, the baby's not here yet. So I'm, it's it's excitement, anxiousness. It's, it's I'm just going through like a roller coaster of stuff. You that's know? what it is. That that's all that it is because you like 
you know that there is this baby that is right. coming. You know that it's there. You see it growing within your wife or partner or whoever, you know, like you see it growing. You see it, you know, them growing and you know it's materializing. You hear the heartbeat. You see it moving in the ultrasound, whether you're getting the 3D printouts and whatever. But you, you can't, as a as a dad or a potential dad, you can't conceptualize that this is actually going to be a tangible thing Right. Before it actually is a tangible thing, so wait till wait till it's actually here. That's I can't wait to hear that story because that is that's when it really becomes real. And you're like, you know, oh, the, 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 the thing I have is um, with, with all these emotions, there's there's not you know. I mean, I have music, obviously, it's what I do, but like there's still the, the baby's not here, but I'm still going through all these things. So whenever I talk to an actual dad like yourself. They always say like you know these these months just enjoy just yeah. enjoy YouTube yeah uh, take your time just watch movies just relax sleep in if you want to get too. sleep no, but- get sleep load up on sleep now dude that's yeah that's what everybody tells me and I, I especially for her I'm like dude just just get your sleep and yeah. I'm gonna do the same and I try I'm, I do my best to enjoy uh, each other's company now because I know yeah. when the baby gets here I hear. Babies really can't do shit by themselves, so yep. you have to literally do everything, you yeah. know? Yeah, they they literally, for the first, you know, basically three months, they're, they lay on their back and they can't really do much else. But yeah, they do take up, they take up a lot of your attention, probably 78% of your total attention now wow. is going towards the, the baby because you just got to make sure that they're doing all right. Um Going back to the emotions for a second, I know you, so you're an artist, you make music, obviously, um, has the emotions of having potential, like being an expecting dad, having this baby, all the, the excitement, anxiety, nervousness, et cetera. Has that, uh, come through in new music that you're developing or in your artistry in general? Like, do you, do you find that, that, that is coming through in the art that you're putting out? Uh, I will say yes. For, for one, it gives me this new uh, access, this new gear. I, I didn't even think I had. You Interesting. Know? Um, yeah, so I'm way more driven. Like I, I go out there and get project after project after project that I want to stack up and I want to sure. do really well. For yeah. Her. You know, I mean, so that that drive um, is crazy because it's it's kind of you, you you're prepping for this unknown thing. At least for me, right now, I have no idea what's gonna happen. You know, sure. so I'm just trying to like. So definitely, there's there's it there's it. Um, driven factor like I, I'm way more driven now than ever before yeah and music too man I, I feel um, yeah man I'm I'm more intentional every time I'm in the studio now because I know you know I can't just sit here and just watch Joe Rogan for a while now when I come <laughs> to the studio now I gotta I gotta make music you know yeah, yeah. so I'm definitely yeah I, I feel like everything I do is more like there's, there's a lot more intent to it mm-hmm. I dig that yeah yeah, I mean, I always try to make, you know, like, I always try to be as creative as possible, but it's it's a whole other thing, man. Like, the I, the fact that I don't have a baby coming, basically taking over my entire, my, I can't think about anything else. Of course. Oh, nothing seems to be, nothing's that important as it used to be. Sure. You know what I mean? Because all I really care about right this second is, is my daughter that's on the way. Yeah, sure. You have a name picked out yet? Couple, man. We're still working on it. It's, it's you know, you know, the thing too, like, I was... I was uh, my entire life when I pictured myself with a with a baby. It was a son. Yeah, me too. So I 
always wanted a son. So when I fought, soon as I said daughter, it, it, I told her to, I told my wife to like, you're going to have to give me like a day to like settle in. And it, it took me a second, but you know, it gave me a chance to kind of reimagine my future. Yeah. Not too many times you get a chance to do that. So I was able to literally reimagine my entire future with a girl now, not, yeah. not so much with a baby boy. So that, that was cool too, because that gave me, um, I don't know. Even the movies I watch shifted a little bit. The, the music I look into. There's a there's a documentary about this girl that spoke to me a little bit more than if it was a boy. Interesting. Uh, yeah, man. There's another doc. I'm working on this other documentary too. And the the opening scene is is this girl. You know how the dad's being abusive towards this girl. Oh, and Jesus. It's beautiful. Like, and I can't even watch it without getting like really angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So things like that. It just you know. I don't know. I have like a different. Um, respect for women now, and are, are like a soft, way more of a soft spot because I'm having a daughter, and I look at things slightly different. Even my preferences are slightly different. I picked up a ukulele because I want to be able to play lullabies for her. You know, I can't That's take beautiful. my keyboard. That's beautiful. So stuff like that, I'm definitely like, you know, I, I'm doing things I usually wouldn't do. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's interesting how I mean the whole process of the pregnancy, right, and seeing mm-hmm. how strong. A woman can be when you see your oh wife and partner go through all these changes and emotions and ups and downs and lefts and rights and growths and growths and more growths and, you know, um, and stuff like that. But there's something about having a girl that really softens you as a, as a man, you know what I mean? And I, I, like you hit the nail on the head. I think it gives you a more full, well-rounded perspective of people. Because you right. now are able to see a little bit more through a female's eyes, you know, because now you're needing to look at the world through your daughter's eyes to make sure that you can mm-hmm. protect her. Right. And it, it's so interesting. You're going to love having a freaking girl. And the fact you can play, you're playing the ukulele and you can play different music things and stuff like that. Oh, my God. She's going to she's going to freaking love you. It's going to be amazing. Dude, I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I mean, like I said, man, I want the baby to be here already. Yeah, yeah. Because that's all I'm thinking about anyway. It would be cool to like actually see this this little human being, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's it, watching them grow up and and see them come out is 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 freaking awesome. Um, so wait, how, how old is your how old is your baby girl now? She is going to be seven months at the end of February. Wow. So she's is, like is six she and a half grown, months now. Is she grown a lot since you brought her from the uh, hospital? Dude, she's like a completely different person. It's crazy. Every day, once you get to this stage, mm-hmm. right? So there are a couple of different stages that I've noticed, yeah, right? Tell me about that. And, and there's uh like the the one to three month stage, like every week they're able to do a little bit more. The first month they can't really do shit, right? And right. you know, they they're just trying to figure things out. You're trying to figure things out, you know, trying to wrap your head around being responsible for another person, having to care for another little person you know um so the first month is like whatever um you're excited you're nervous you're tired etc right but like once you get into month two every week they're doing something different and it's like a drastic growth and a, a drastic um 
you know, just development. Every single week, they're just doing so much. They're growing. They're developing so drastically, right? So, like, for the first month, they can only see in black and white. Then all of a sudden, like, six to eight weeks or eight to ten weeks in, they can see in color. And when you, yeah. and you can notice as a parent when they can see in color. So like it it's really an interesting switch that turns cuz you you actually notice it because they act different. They re- react differently to the same things that they've been seeing every day, every day, every day. Let's say they let's say you have a green dinosaur, right? As a mm-hmm. as a as a a stuffed animal for her, right? Right. She is acting one way when for the first eight to 10 weeks when she can't see in color. Right. And, but then like, mm-hmm. as soon as that color kind of switches on into full blown color mode, you can, her eyes light up in a whole different way when she wow. sees that thing because she recognizes the thing, but now it's like the picture's clear. But then when they get to about five, six months every day, they're changing. It, it happens. It starts happening so fast at like five, six months. Every day they have a new development. You know what I mean? Wow. Like for I'll give you a real time example. Uh, two, two and a half, maybe three weeks ago, I was taking my daughter to Jimboree classes on Friday with a dad friend of mine. And I was desperately trying to get her to crawl like to this ball and she wouldn't do it. Literally the next day. After this one Friday that I took her, the next day, my father-in-law sends me and my wife a picture of her army crawling across their floor. Wow. Literally the next day, she could not do it. And for weeks, I'd been taking her to this Jimboree class trying to get her to, to crawl. Literally the next day, she's crawling. Now, she's a full-blown freaking speed demon. All she wants to do is fucking crawl up and down the house. It's insane. Like, you have to watch her every second because she's just darting all over the place, banging her head against tables. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. Yo, another thing, another thing, um, at least I got from talking to dads, like, babies are very resilient, right? So when they they fall, like, you can't really freak out because they, they bounce back like it's nothing. Yeah. Now, listen. They're fragile, right? They're they're right. like, don't go throwing your baby on the floor, like leaving it by itself. You know what I mean? Because they can't fend for themselves. But like, right. they they are they're resilient. You know, like the biggest thing that a parent goes through, in my experience at least, and from what I hear, is like it's so difficult to hear your baby cry. Right. But you have to remember that they're not crying because they're in pain. Like you would cry if you're in pain, right? Because right? you're an adult. You understand all these things. You feel pain. You understand what pain is. You connect the emotional dots, whatever. A baby just cries because that's the only way that it knows how to communicate. And right. sometimes it's not even communicating. It's the only way that they can express themselves, right? So the, the, there is a resiliency there just because they... Not everything hurts them. You know what I mean? You right, do have right. to be careful, obviously. You can't just like throw them around and swing them by the arm because they're, they're not fully developed. But right. they, are, they, they are very resilient. If they bang their head, they'll cry a little bit, but they'll, they'll bounce back and they'll be fine. You make them laugh and they forget it ever happened. The best thing about kids and babies specifically is they have quarterback memories. In, in, in saying that means that they have the shortest term memory ever. They don't remember anything. Like literally a second after it happens, they forget. Wow. 
which is great when, you know, you like do something wrong or you let them bang their head against their uh, bathtub. You know, they cry for two seconds. You make them laugh and they forget it ever happened. Is it fair to say your daughter have you around her finger like that? She just have Fing- control on you? Fingers, toes, neck, <laughs> waist, arms, legs, torso. She, I will, anything. Anything she wants, I'm in. You know, anything. That is Dude, that's one thing everybody preps. So guess what? So I got a, um, I got one of those smart cribs, you know, the snows or whatever. We, um, we have it. We had it. We had it. Okay, so tell me about that, man. Because my girl's convinced that's going to be like a big game changer. So does it rock it back to sleep? How, how did it help? We It's the only thing we know. For the first okay. like for the first four five months that she was alive mm-hmm. was the only thing we knew, and it was great. It was really 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 great. Um, you know, uh, we probably didn't use it to its fullest capacity because we were scared when it's when like so when the baby starts crying and the louder mm-hmm. it cries, the more intense it cries, the more intense the snoo shakes. We okay. were, um, we were too scared. Of some of the levels that it got up to to shake, we were like, it's gonna scramble her fucking brain. We can't let it just go that, you know. Um, so we never let it get above the purple grade, which is only like grade two, and it goes up to like grade like six, and like dude, grade six, like the red, like the red grade on the snoo is so freaking intense. I wouldn't even want to be in that situation. And it makes like this like, like alarm noise. Like, like you think like a freaking fire alarm's going off. It's crazy. So we weren't comfortable letting it go that high. But the best thing about the snoo that really does help is not necessarily the rocking. I think mm-hmm. it's the white noise and mm-hmm. the comfortableness of the swaddle. That like the the sleep sack swaddle that that you have to use in order to make the mechanism work. That right. was the best part about it. Like we got a couple of those sleep sacks that didn't have the hooks, like the mm-hmm. the sensor hooks on it. When we put her into her own crib, because they're they're comfortable. They have like ventilation. You they have snaps where you can take their arms out so they can wow. learn how to sleep with their arms out of of being swaddled. Because like once they can turn over. You have to let their arms out or else they can like roll in their stomach and suffocate because they, without their arms, they can't really control their momentum. Um, but we liked it. The white noise aspect of it that it plays was what we thought was the most effective. No, more so than the rocking, but I recommend it. I highly, we, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't pay the $1,400 for it, but I definitely recommend, I definitely recommend it. You know, that's uh, two times a year. Two times a year, they have a massive sale that's almost 50% off. Yeah. So I bought this like two, three months ago, and it's been here since, you know, like, I don't know. It's been here for like a few months now yeah. already, but because I just got it for like $600 because it was, yeah. you know, half yeah. off or something. Yeah, I think that it's, I think it's great, and it also is good. It gives you a good peace of mind because right. they're strapped into that thing. So you know right. they're not moving anywhere. Right. They're strapped the F in and... That's it. Dude, that's yeah. good to know. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bought that. Yeah, Yo, this is this is great. This is like my favorite episode so far. I love it. I love when people ask me like with perspective dads or like dads that are like behind me, which aren't that many that I know. You know, like they ask me oh, questions gosh, and so I can like dope my knowledge on them because I'm usually on this on this pod asking other people questions. So like this is this is freaking awesome, man. Um, I know no, you I asked have me a the, question though. So what? Do it. I also hear like when you first bring the baby home, that's that first two days is kind of a trip. It's almost, Dude. 
you know, you're just so afraid of everything, right? Dude, so afraid of everything. It is the most intense two days you're ever going to have in your life. Wow. The most, especially like first kid, first time coming wow. home, like me, for like the first maybe two, three days that we were home, my wife was begging to go back to the hospital. She was like, we never should have left the hospital. Why did we leave the hospital so soon? Why did we just stay? Why did we just stay? Wow. She also had a C-section. So like she was also oh, in a lot of pain. So there was a lot of different things playing in that. But the, those first two days home, when you have to do everything by yourself and you have no idea how to do anything, like right. it's, because it's, this, is, this is one of the first times in your life that you're going to have, that this is a brand new untapped experience in untapped right. territory. Like you've never had an experience like this in your life. Damn. And so like, so you think about that, right? Think about right. that. Like think about how that you're learning about how to take care of a baby the same way that the baby is learning everything for the first time. Wow. It's so it's like it's an, it, those first couple days are really really intense, but I I believe that as a parent, once you have to do it, you just know what to do. Once you see your baby come out and you feel that it is part you, you uh -huh. just know what to do, what it needs, and how to do everything. It may take wow. you a while to master it and perfect it. And you may like, you know, the baby, whatever. The baby's going to cry, which is why it's really intense. You know what I mean? Because like they're crying and you don't know what's, what is happening. Um, but yeah, it's super, super freaking intense those first couple of days. Dude, how long, how long before, you, before you and your wife was able to get into a groove of being, you know, new parents? Like when things settled in finally, you're like, oh, we got this. So I... It happened for me pretty quick. I, okay. I really love that. I really love that you're interviewing me right now. This is the best. <laughs> this is the best episode I've ever had. Um, I, but but no, for me it happened pretty quick. It was just super innate. Um, my wife, it, again, because the C-section, it was really hard for her to to to, to get back to normal. Um, I think, if, but by by the first the end of the first month, you're in a pretty good groove. You know. What to, you know what to do. You understand, you understand the baby a little bit more, like the concept of a baby a little bit more. Okay. You may not understand your baby because your baby is just changing all the time, but mm -hmm. you understand the concept of having a baby. Um, so probably by the first month, first six weeks, you know, by two months, we're like, we were like pros. You know, like I started this podcast about six weeks into having the kid because that's when I oh, felt comfortable perfect. enough. Um, I felt comfortable enough in my fatherly skin that I could talk about it and be at a point where I could potentially help people, you know, like and help other right. future dads and dads that were, you know, less than six weeks or even dads that were right at my same level or shortly ahead of me. Um, that's when I felt super comfortable in the, in the dad skin. It's like six, six, seven weeks. Um, Dude, okay, I have one more question for you. Um, so like when, when the baby comes home, are you guys, were you guys ever like afraid of like letting strangers or other people next? close to the baby because the baby is so vulnerable uh you know like how, how did that all go like did, did people have to have certain shots i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you a quick story 
Yeah. Na- baby was maybe two, three weeks old. And a bunch of my friends came. They were like, yo, Mo, we're renting scooters and we're going to drive around Brooklyn. Um, you know, we want to stop by, see the baby, say what's up, like blah, 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 blah. One, and one of them has two kids already. Right. So okay. I was like, OK. All right. There go. I told my I told my wife, I was like, yo, like such and such, such and such and such are going to come around um, around five o'clock. They want to see the baby. Blah, 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 blah. And she was so out of it. She's like, I don't know. Like, let's see how I feel when they get there. They get there. They buzz okay. my door. And my wife is like, they can't see the baby. They can't. I absolutely cannot. Like, she's like coughing. Like, what if they're dirty? Like, they're going to give her germs. She hasn't gotten her shots yet. Yada, 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 yada. So, like, we were we were very, nobody can touch the baby for at least the first month. Like, until she got her first set of shots, which mm-hmm. she gets, I believe it's at a month old, is when they okay. get their first real set of shots. Um, we didn't really let anybody touch the baby other than like grandparents or like, God, I think, I think that's where, you know, my, my wife is the same way. She's, yeah. she's pretty strict about that. Yeah. It was, we, we really, we really didn't like, uh, we really didn't let anybody touch. We didn't really want the, we went out one time in public to like a friend's birthday. Um, uh-huh. cause all of my friends were going to be there. You know, and they all were like, I want to see the baby, I want to see the baby. And the baby was like a week old. And we were just like, listen, it's down the street from our apartment. We can see every single person we need to see for the next three months in one shot. Like, let's just go. Of course, we got caught in a fucking rain monsoon on the way oh back without a rain cover for the stroll. It was the dumbest thing we've ever, I've ever made my wife do. She probably never forgave me. She probably never for, <laughs> will forgive me for that. Um but but other than that, we didn't let anybody see touch other than grandparents and stuff and and her brother and stuff like that. Um, Got it. But you know, now I'm gonna jump back into the interview role because I want to wrap up here in a second. And um, you know, for for all of my guests, right, that I have, most of them are are, are already dads. So for prospective dads, I kind of shift these last two questions um, uh-huh. a little bit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw them at you. Is number one, your prospective dad. What are you most excited for about what actually I'll, I'll actually expand it a little bit more for you. Um, What are you most either excited, nervous or anxious about as far as being a dad? You can pick all three. You can do one of the three, whatever you want. Well, I'm excited that, you know, I I get to um, kind of build a new human, you know, like kind of give her the values and, and, you know, shape, shape her life, yeah. shape her outlook of the world. So I could, you know, like, I could, you know, the thing is like you, you can look at the world and look at it as a scary place or like a friendly place. So I get to like pick and choose those for her. Yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's a big responsibility, but it's also exciting, you know, like you get to, you know, you always wish the world was a certain way and actually through your kids, you could actually make it that way because yeah. you could pass down all the values that, you know, matters the most to you, to them. Nervous wise, um, everything, man. You know, I gotta, I gotta make sure she's alive, and I gotta be like a better yes. role model, and and I want to make sure that she's financially good to everything. So there's a lot of, lot of um, anxiousness and worry that comes with it. But I would say, for the most part, man, uh, looking at looking at what my wife's going through, it's nothing or not. And you know, as dads, um, all we gotta do is like just, just relax and just, 100%. just you know, keep it together and be the rock. And our wives, 
Yeah, exactly. And they're the one who's going through all the all the crazy shit, man. Like the bodies, you know. I told you she te- she went from a gymnast to like emoji. She's just a circle with eyelashes now. I mean, that's that's fucking crazy. That gets me you know? every time. That's gonna get me every time. That's hilarious. Um, Dude, it's so it's the craziest thing. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited about everything. Um, nervous about you know taking care of her to make sure that I do the right thing. You know, as a you know, I feel like there's no there's no right way to do it, and it just you know it's, it's a learning process as well. I'm yep. glad we have podcasts like this, at least for dads to come come you know like a like a base where, where I could get some information. I could reach yep. out to you. Yep. So yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's just a roller coaster of emotions, but for, I'm I'm just excited. And I'm, I can't wait for her to get here. Yeah, man. Uh, and the last question I'm gonna throw at you is uh, is what's the best piece of advice? So I always ask dads what their best piece of advice to give is. I'm going to ask you, what's the best piece of advice, I guess, that you think you've gotten? I, I Let's see what if that changes once you actually have the baby, which will be an interesting conversation to have. But what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten so far um, a, in, in your preparation for being a dad? Oh, man, it's... Probably just the, how resilient babies are. I think that gives me like a piece of like a peace of mind for sure because you know like I'm so afraid of like keeping the baby alive. Yep. That's like I'm you know that's just like an instinct that you know that will never go away. I'm always afraid that I might do something, but like just, just everybody keeps telling me like you know babies are the kids are like very resilient. They could fall, they'll jump back up, you know, and it's it's a, it's also. It's a learning process, and it's it's you know you, you just learn as you go. So yeah. I think I think that's that's it, man. Like the babies are resilient more than you think. Yeah, and so with 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 that, but right before we end, we're gonna we'll, we'll end here. But I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna give you two pieces of advice because Please. you hit the nail on the head with both of them. Number one, there is no right or wrong way to be a parent or be a dad. There's no manual for it. There's no instruction book. It is exactly like you said. It is listening to your kid and your baby and making the best decisions that you think are possible at that moment, right? That's number one. So never get to like, you know, never think that you're doing a bad job or what would such and such do or what should should I be doing because mm-hmm. you're doing what you believe you should be doing at any given time, right? That's number one. So always have faith in that. And number two is as long as you're keeping the baby alive, you're doing a fucking good job. Hey. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> hey, rest in peace to Gary Jackson, Yes, man. rest in peace to Gary, Ruth. Thank you for um, for coming on. Thank you for doing this, especially on such short notice. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, I'd love to 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 get you back on once you're comfortable in daddom after you have the the baby, and uh, and see where you're at with that. Of course, man. I'll be calling you, texting you, dude. Bunch I'm of here. Questions all the time. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Always for you. Anything, man. Uh, I love you, bro. Uh, love you, Uncle Gary. We miss you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this thing with me, Ru. Dude, love you too, bro. Right. R.I.P. Gary Jackson. Love you guys. Absolutely. Talk to you later, man. All right, peace. Peace. And with that, that is this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. Uh, one more time, I want to uh, say rest in pre- peace to my Uncle Gary Jackson. I love you. 
more than a lot of things in this world, and I will miss you forever. Um, thank you to my guest, Ruanga Samath, for coming on and doing it on, on such short notice and giving the tribute that I wanted to give to my uncle this week um, with him passing just a few days ago. Um, thank you for everybody bearing with me through the last week or so where you know there was no pod last week, but you know, thank you guys preemptively for continuing to rock and listening to this week's episode. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, to connect on the fatherhood brotherhood, hit us up with an email, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow the Instagram at dadhardpod. Right now, if you go on the Instagram, we have the Dad Hard Awards. We are getting involved in awards season, ladies and gentlemen. So we have the awards and the nominees running all week. Drop, drop a little vote. You know what I mean? Give me, give me some feedback on what you think the winners should be. And we'll be announcing the winners next week on the show. I may even dedicate a separate whole show to it like I did this week. Uh, but again, that's Dad Hard Pod um, on Instagram and then the Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dad Hard Pod. That's it. That's all for us. Rest in peace, Gary. Every episode will be dedicated to you from here on out. Uh, I love you. I love everybody listening. Thank you again. That's all for us. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't beat that, man. You remember. And if not, I need to rewind this. <laughs> yes, I'm out in the day before you got blamed.